Hi, I'm Sophie Luxton, and this is Holding the Fire of Motherhood. Hey everybody, welcome. So here we are, uh, when is it? It is early December, I think it's December that's such a good question. I have, for anybody who is listening and who is in the Toronto area, my kids go to school in the Toronto District School Board and they have updated their COVID protocol recently. So now when you have a child who has one or more symptom of COVID, they have to go home for a while until they get um, tested and either cleared or past the quarantine stage and the siblings have to come home too. As I'm saying this, I'm thinking of a mom I know with five kids, I guess all of them are under 10, five kids under 10 and thinking what it would be like for her to all of a sudden have all five of her kids back home. Anyway, my daughter had a headache yesterday And really it was because the room that she was in was really loud and it was too loud for her and maybe she was having a bit of a tough day emotionally and so she told her teacher she had a headache and so now they're both home for a while. And um, so the days, kind of like the beginning of the pandemic, the days don't seem like they matter too much right now, but I know it's a Friday. I know it's a Friday. <laughs> and I just wanted to share with you this week about some deeper thinking and more clarity that I have around living within the time period that is right now. Living within what is going on right now. And the reason I want to share it is because I think that we need, I know that I need to have insightful, deep, tender, meaningful, and also positive conversations about what's happening right now. Because if all of the conversations I'm having are all about how hard it is, which is so real and so important to have those conversations. And if the conversations stop there, then I really feel quite desperate. And I have a hard time moving beyond there. So I need to talk to other people about the the positive things, either that are happening without my doing anything or that I am choosing to look at in a different way. For me, that's really possible. And I can be so stubborn when it comes to stuff like that. The beginning of this pandemic, I was so down on positivity. I just thought it was a whole pile of horse shit. And I hated people who were just, just seemed to have this refusal to acknowledge the hard stuff. And then the hard stuff really hit in a way that I hadn't experienced it before. And so I got really into positivity and that 
was awesome for a while and it kind of saved my the first few months of the pandemic for me and I think as we all go along the way that we are thinking about feeling about you know we're on a journey through this experience you know and there are moments where we can feel so much gratitude and beauty for what is now possible what is different there are moments of very real and dark heartbreak rage grief desolation and all of the flavors in between and we are all on a on a real spiritual journey and a soul journey through this time depending on all the the factors of our own individual we have a common experience and it's also very individual i certainly know that the way that i have experienced the pandemic has been really cushioned by my resources by my privilege by where i happen to live in the world by the work that i happen to do and the work that my um man happens to do so we're all on a journey together it is not the same and i think conversations that are soulful and tender and real and insightful and are looking for a measure of decision deciding how we move through it is super important so i wanted to share with you today about a podcast that i just listened to um the uh, one of the Brené Brown podcasts and i have found Brené Brown to be a real saving grace for me during this whole pandemic i think actually her unlocking us podcast maybe started right in march uh not on purpose just that's how the timing went ended up being perfect timing i think for her i think for her audience i know for me because all along the way for me she has been one of the anchors that has um given me permission to feel my feels let me know that it is hard and that's okay and that she is feeling that it's hard too it's just isn't it just so refreshing when somebody says i cried all day today and you're like ah yes me too thank you for saying that and also looking at ways to move through it and and the possibility of what we decide about how we move through it so i just listened to her podcast and i felt inspired i felt hopeful I felt more held. I'm not sure I have all the words right now, but there has been a settling in me. And I wanted to share that with you in case you are also looking for a place to anchor and a place to settle a little bit. So there are three things that she talked about in this podcast um that I I am also going to borrow from her. So, full transparency, this is from a Brené Brown podcast. It would be really super great if I could remember which one it was. Um, what does it have in it? It's the one where she talks about the Queen's Gambit, which is a series on Netflix about chess that I have not watched, so I will not speak any more about it. Um, FFTs, 
F in first times and something else. So if you're looking for the podcast, I highly recommend it. That episode, it has all of those words in the title. So here's a few things that she talked about that resonated with me. So one was this idea of um, waiting. There is no going back. There is no going back to normal. And I realized that I think all of us are waiting for when normal happens. And I was thinking about myself in particular, what is it about going, finding, being in normal again that I crave? And I think part of it is craving to be in a space where I kind of know how things work. I know how to be, I know what to do. I feel like for the last 10 months, everything has been new learning. I haven't felt often that I know how to do this. Of course, there are moments of, okay, this is what I need to do right now in order to. Um, There have been moments, okay, this is definitely helpful for this. But there have not been a lot of moments where I have thought, oh, I know how to do this. And that's relating to relationships, business, um, work, um, engagement with others, um, big feelings, social advocacy, engagement with my community, schooling, all the stuff. I have not felt very often that I know how to do this. So I think for me, part of this, this the dream of nirvana being normal is, oh, okay, I will get to a place where I know how to do things and we are back, in quotes, to normal. And she shared a beautiful quote from Sonia Renee Taylor who wrote My Body Is Not An Apology. And I'm not, I don't think that this quote comes from the book. Um, I think she didn't say where it comes from, but I know that who those are the words that she was using. Sonia was talking about, um, let's, how about, and I'm paraphrasing, apologies to Sonia, le, how about let's not go back to the way things were? Because actually the way things were before was um, that we were operating within very unjust systems. We were operating within systems that had a hierarchy of caste that disenfranchised, disempowered, disrespected, and killed and hurt other people. Um, people. And uh, that is not a place where we want to go back. And when I think about how many systems that we have seen the underbelly of, as a white person, I come from a place of privilege where I have very limited lived experience of what it's like to um, to operate within a system that puts me at the bottom. That is not my ex- my experience, and so seeing even more so the underbelly of all of these systems that oppress and abuse and use. And I'm talking about. Um, in Canada, for sure, migrant workers, how we treat migrant workers who come here a few times a year and leave their families and come here. Um, I'm talking about, and, and who have been 
disproportionately affected by the by COVID and the pandemic. I'm thinking about frontline workers, how we treat our frontline workers, how we treat women especially and women of color especially in caretaking and personal support workers and um, our, our great caretakers, the people who take care of our elderly, who take care of our kids, who take care of sick people, how we treat them, how we view them, how we support them. Um, I'm thinking about farmers, small farmers. I'm thinking about small businesses and how they are treated within the system um, in relation to big business, big box stores. I'm thinking about how we view entertainers, people in the service industry, um, whose very livelihood depends on people, in live people, in live situations. Thinking about how we are systems that really honor and elevate people who do work on computers and not people who do trades. So people who have to be out of their homes using their hands, um, using their bodies, how they have been affected, how we have systems that benefit people who who can just transfer from working in an office to at home on a computer. Disadvantage everybody who doesn't have that choice, who doesn't have that option. And how we treat people who use their hands and bodies to serve us and take care of us um, as a society. Anyway, systems are broken. Systems are broken, so we don't want to go back to that. So we can just check that off our list. We're not going back to normal. So where are we going? And I think this idea that everything is up for grabs and we can decide now what we, the systems that we're fighting for, the new systems that we're fighting for, feels um, all at once exciting and exhausting and a privilege and special and... Um, and the idea that we can we cannot do things on our own, that we can only do things in community, I think is one of the most beautiful threads through through this whole last year. And one that I really hope, hope, hope remains. Um, what will remain when things move on to the next phase? Not go back to normal, not even a new normal, go on to the new phase. What what preciousness that we've learned about the human experience will remain. And I hope all of the good stuff remains because it's so sacred now, isn't it? Um, even within our small family units, you know, what, what are new systems? What are broken systems? What are the broken systems in our families? Dynamic between partners husband and wife, wife and wife. What are the broken systems between income earner and caretaker? What are the broken systems between man and woman? What are the systems that we have inherited, that we have digested, that we have just taken on, that we do not like, that we do not want? that does not allow us to be our full 
glorious selves? What is the way that we are, you know, what are all the ways that we've been programmed to even relate to a partner in what we ask for, in what we give ourselves permission for, in how we see our roles in the family? Like all of those systems are up for grabs and we can change them now. This is the time. How do we relate to our kids in terms of education? Well, now we know that education is, first of all, what a privilege it is to be able to send our kids to school. Second of all, people in the education system. I saw my principal the other day and he looked just freaking exhausted. And I think about what administrators have been doing, principals, vice principals. I think about what teachers have been doing, living with so much, so much newness, limited resources, so much uncertainty, and yet they show up and serve for our kids. Just, it's breathtaking. Um, So how can we redesign our education system? What more freedoms have we found inside of it? What are, our, what, are, what are our responsibilities inside of education? How are we relating to our kids? What, what is all, what are all the emotional, the emotional bullshit that we tell them that now is exposed? You know, how many times do we tell ourselves, tell our kids things that we do not even do? How many times are we so hypocritical? How many times do we lie to them about what the world is like or what the world requires of us or how it's important for us to fulfill other people's expectations and sacrifice our own? Everything is laid bare right now. And this is when we decide. This is when we decide to... I'm going to tell my kids the truth more because now I know how sacred that is and they also have seen the world they know my lies because they've seen the world they know it is hard they know it is unjust they know that things come and take you by surprise they know that there are really no guarantees so I have to stop telling them that there there are that there's a safe way to play life because there isn't what are the um what are the things that I am still carrying? So for me, if I think about the systems that I'm still carrying, like systems within myself, there's a system of ego, needing to be right, having all the answers, knowing the best way to do things, knowing the only way to do things, because it's the best way. Control, the system of control, the system of... Um, Scarcity instead of abundance. I have a system of scarcity. System of, you know, an operating system of sometimes superiority. Uh, lone wolf, like all of that stuff. What are, the, what are my systems that I get to toss out if I decide to? Or at least, not to say that everything just happens. Not to say that um, we snap our fingers and there we are in our new phase. No, but... But the glorious, real privilege 
the sacredness of what it is to be in a moment where we can break systems that we don't want and we don't like. On behalf of ourselves, on behalf of our families, and on behalf of our communities, and our cities, and our countries, and our worlds, wowzers. Um, and then the third thing that I found wonderful was just this idea, and she used the word fitness, which I really liked, our fitness level. And she used it, I believe, not just to talk about, are you doing your workout, but how are we keeping ourselves fit? And I'm expanding her idea a little bit. How are we keeping ourselves fit for this fight, for this dance? We are fighting for what we want and what we believe in, in life right now. We are also dancing with life right now. So how are we keeping fit for this dance and this fight with life? And part of the fitness, I think, is a way that we are treating ourselves and each other to know that this is very hard, to know that it will be hard for a long time, to know perhaps finally with certainty, without a doubt, that life is hard and we cannot get, we cannot escape from that. To understand that being together and togetherness and community can save us, it's the only thing that can save us. To know that we are entering in we are in we are walking through a time where there are so many things we don't know how to do and that is just the reality we don't know how yet to have our work and our family life be (laughs) intertwined because we come from a different model where work is on one hand and family and self is on the other it's not true anymore And it's a broken system. Just like the system of working yourself to the bone. Say as an entrepreneur, somebody, if you want to be successful, you follow this really linear, crush it, push it, momentum, consistency, um, sacrifice everything to get it done. And I think that system is also breaking because we now realize that that um, the nose to the grindstone burns people out, it hurts people, it creates an economy that is based on that, which is not healthy. So that's another system that's falling down. Um, Yeah, so our, our mental fitness, knowing that it's hard, knowing that we will continue to not know how to do things, we will continue to be trying things, trying things in our business, trying things in our relationships, trying things with our kids, not knowing how to do it, getting it wrong, um, failing and trying again. And if we imagine that the world is now a place where that is the reality, that it is constantly filled with things that we don't know how to do, we 
can't nail it all the time and it's not about perfection it's about heart and courage and togetherness and love and dreams and desires once we can accept that then for me it's this kind of oh okay I can in some ways I can give up a fight fight against what's real, a fight against reality, a fight against what I don't want to admit, what I don't want to do, what I don't, (laughs) you know, I, ever since COVID, well, not ever since COVID, it brought it out more strongly, but I can be, I can refuse to, I just get like this little bitchy, whiny little, I just refuse to accept this. Like I'm not doing this. I don't like it and I'm not doing it. And that can keep me really stuck. So for me, being in this space of, wait, 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 I'm not waiting to crawl out of this because I don't think this is going to end. I am now in a new life, a new way of looking at the journey of life. And I'm fighting for my desires and I'm fighting for love and I'm dancing with life. And um, there's something about a deeper acceptance of that that feels soothing to me. It kind of drops my shoulders a little bit, slows me down a little bit, it relaxes me. Um, It feels both soothing, like I can let go of things, and also in this beautiful, heartfelt, sacred way, I can step into deciding and responsibility. Um, we're still fleshing this out, folks. I'm still fleshing this out. And and to also look at each other with compassion, to realize that we are all like none of us know how to do a new way of living, and we're all learning together which means that people will fail, people will fuck up, people will do the quote wrong thing, they'll do things that don't work, they'll do things that fail, they'll um, try things that won't work and it's it's all part of that dance. And if we can look at all of those things with excitement and celebration of courage instead of looking at them you know, as either a red or a green light, either you either got it and you did it well or you didn't, which is also an old system and so destructive and just not fun. Um, yeah, so, you know, as usual, this episode, like so many others, I have come hot off the press, which means that I, I took some notes, kind of want, knew what I wanted to talk about, but these are hot. This is like the hot pancake that you're holding in your hand and it's still hot and you have to kind of like toss it in the air a little bit until it cools down. And that's just, yeah, that's what it was. Brene, Brene said this amazing thing at the end of her podcast. What did she say? She talks about how her mind is a crazy place. And so at the end, if she's done one of her musings, she, I, she says something like either I'm sorry or you're welcome because you'll either be just fucked up by this babbling musing cauldron of craziness or something will have helped you healed you inspired you made you think and then you will say thank you so I shall take that 
Um, apologies if this did nothing for you and just further confused you. And uh, you're so welcome if something made sense or clicked or let you drop your shoulders a little bit along with me. So as usual, my deepest pleasure and my deepest gratitude to be in this space with you. And anytime you want to send me a voice message, let me know what you're thinking about. Let me know what you want me to talk about. Let me know your thoughts and your stories. I would so love to hear. In the meantime, take sweet care. Hi, everyone. So I just am adding on this little note to the end of this podcast. I wanted to read you the actual quote because I reference it in the podcast and I wanted to give you Um, I wanted to give you the full quote and this is the quote from Sonia Renee Taylor and I think the quote was on her Instagram account and this is the one that talks about going back to normal. Uh, It's incredible. Here it is. We will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was never normal other than we normalized greed, inequity, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. That's it. Thanks, guys.